once you heard the truth and believed it, this message of your salvation, found yourselves home free, signed, sealed, and delivered by the Holy Spirit. The signet from God is the first installment of what's coming, a reminder that we'll get everything God has planned for us, a praising and glorious life. Thank you, Linnea. Wonderful. Thank you, uh, worship team, for leading us in that. <clears throat> so today, um, as, as uh, Landon's switching over here, get to those of you who have devices, get them all ready. Go to minty.com and type in the code there to, to, to participate um, while they're doing that. If you don't have a device, you can shout out greatest football player of all time. Who? Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> yeah, I agree, but... <laughs> I guess this is football country. I'm, it's what I'm understood. Right. Who? Well, I, I guess I'll vote for John Elway, right? I don't know. <laughs> Tarkington. Okay, okay. Who? The, oh, the quarterback for the Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, here we go. Oh, oh, oh no, Char- Charlie Brown, right? He always missed. <laughs> he always fell for that. He always fell for that. You know, here, kick the ball, Charlie Brown. I promise I won't move it. Gronkowski, right? Wait a minute, isn't he a hockey player? No, I'm kidding. Wayne Gronkowski. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. Anybody else? Oh, Carter. I've never heard of Chris Carter, right? Sorry. What's that? Ooh, okay. Okay, we've got two. Okay, well, I write, well, yeah. Walter Payton. Walter Payton, right? Nice. All right, everybody's up to everybody's up to speed here. So you can use this on your devices as your phone and pads as we go through the time here. Okay? So that's how you get there. Now, the next one. Okay, good. So today is Epiphany Sunday. Tomorrow is officially Epiphany Day. Epiphany being that day we we end up our, our, our Christmas, you know, our Advent, our Christmas tide journey, the 12 days of Christmas, ends in Epiphany, which, you know, this really cool graphic here, it ends in that time of, 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 of seeing, that time of Epiphany, right? Epiphany. Now, if, you're, if you don't quite know what Epiphany is, then, well, that's what our time about is going to be today. It would sound like Yoda speaking, I am, backwards. Um, we're going to talk about Epiphany today. The, the Epiphany, and I'm not going to follow the lectionary. I'm gonna, I jumped off of the lectionary, so I'm going to go with a Matthew's passage. But Epiphany, Epiphany is, well, in ancient times, guys, an Epiphany was when someone said a Roman god or a Greek god showed up unexpectedly, made an appearance to certain people at a certain place at a certain time. That's what an epiphany was when a, a Greek or a Roman god showed up. And, and these people who, who, who saw this god showing up, they said, had special authority. Because this god epiphany thing could either give people authority, 
keep things as they were or upset the apple cart altogether. Epiphany, very important. Now, as Christians and believers in Jesus Christ, we say that, oh yeah, baby, there have been an epiphany, right? 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 Yeah, yeah, there you, thank you, you're, you're awake. Uh, we need to have an espresso machine in the building, I think. Everybody has to do an espresso shooter before they enter the room. <laughs> Amanda's like, I'm buying one tomorrow. Epiphany, we believe that Jesus came. Our God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, showed up in a little cave in a little town on a night a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Epiphany showed up and something happened. Let me say this, guys. Epiphany is about finding Jesus and about finding his mission in the world. That's what we're talking about today. And this is going to launch us into the Christian year as we go to, as we make our, our run towards glorious Holy Week and Resurrection Sunday and, and then Eastertide and then Ordinary Time. This, this sets us up for this, this rest of the year. So Epiphany is about finding Jesus and finding his mission in the world and in Rochester. So to set this up, let's read Matthew 2. That's, oh good, I, I tried to get it all on one slide, so forgive the tininess of it. Um, let me read this to you. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all of the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. And they told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and, and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I may go and pay him homage too. Chuckle, chuckle, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. When they heard the king, they set out, All right, thanks, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. Oh, thank goodness it stopped. And on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herald, they set out for their own country by another road. That's the story. Epiphany is about the wise men, the magi. Okay? Now, let's talk a little bit about this, right? These, these dudes that came, these three kings were... Now, this is the cool part. These fellas were not Jews, right? They were from a long way away. They were Persians, more than likely. 
You know, they were Persians, and not only were they Persians, they were not Jews. They were not Jews, they were probably Zoroastrians, right? Which is a mouthful in any way. Zoroastrianism, a monotheistic religion, was the state religion of Persia for a long time. Zoroastrians, and yet they came to worship this Jewish king. So they weren't Jews, they weren't, they weren't, Followers of the the Hebrew God, they were Zoroastrian Persians from a long way away. And you'll notice, too, that they came to the palace where King Herod was. Now, this is a a statue of, of King Herod, right? That's pretty interesting that we might know some near 2,000 years later what this man looked like. That's pretty cool. (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, he kind of has a heavy forehead, doesn't he? I mean, yeah, kind of a troglodyte. No, I'm kidding. His mother loved him. Now, King Herod here, these guys went to Jerusalem and said, hey, where's the king? And, and, and the king <laughs> was like, what you talking about? There's already a king. See the crown? And, and King Herod, you know, he didn't give out prizes for keeping his crown. He killed you, if you as any king would do. He kills you if you're not right following the king. And, and so he, he, he was a brutal man, and he intended to keep it that way. Right? That's how you stayed in power. And so Herod, Herod was like that. And, and you'll notice here, as we, as we scoot back to verse 2, uh, they were asking, where's the child? And we observed his star and come to pay homage. Then 3, when Herod heard this, he was frightened in all Jerusalem with him. Why in the world was it? Why in the world were they frightened? Well, remember what we talked about is an epiphany. An epiphany is a time when things were either confirmed or radically changed. So the thing is, Herod knew what Christmas was all about. You want somebody that knows what Christmas was about, Herod knows what Christmas, or knew what Christmas was about. He knew that it was more than trees and turkey. He knew that it was more about bows and uh, any, whatever rhymes with bows. Starts with a B. Buckskin, bows and buckskin. Um, um. Sorry, I was thinking of a song. I love you in buckskin or skirts that you've homespun, but I love you longer, stronger when your friends don't tote a gun. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Speaking of coffee, King Herod knew. He knew what Christmas was about. Jerusalem knew what, because you know what happens when new kings show up and there's already a king there? Civil war happens. Civil war happens when two kings claim power at the same time. And you know who pays the price in war? Little people. The Africans have a, the Africans have a saying, um, when elephants fight, the grass gets trampled. And that's true. So all of Jerusalem was frightened because they knew civil war was coming. Herod knew it too because there can only be one king. Two kings never work well. So 
Herod was frightened, and we read later on how Herod sent troops to Bethlehem and, and killed boys two years and younger. So from that, we can sur- he killed them all, right? We, from that, we can surmise that the, the, the wise men saw the star maybe some two years earlier, right? So that Jesus might have been around. He wasn't just a baby, right? Um, if you'll notice here in uh, on verse 11, when they entered the house. Well, where'd the house come from? I thought they were in a stable. Well, they were on the night he was born, but this is sometime later, isn't it? So shepherds were gone. Shepherds were doing shepherd things. These guys showed up at the house. Mary and Joseph stayed in Bethlehem. How interesting. How much longer? Who knows? Long enough to get a house. Stay with family? I don't know. But it wasn't the stable. Okay? So, so we know that these guys arrived sometime later. Okay. Now, the coming of Jesus, the coming of Jesus was critical. The mission of Jesus is astonishing. Herod understood this. Jerusalem knew and was frightened. And so guys, before we move on anymore, I'm going to ask you, what do you think Jesus' mission in the world is? What's Jesus? Oh, that's good. Yes. God's great yes to his creation. That's really cool. That's Karl Barth. Karl Barth? Offer salvation. Offer salvation. Christ's mission is to offer salvation, radical love. If you don't have a, a, a device to shoot it up on the screen, yell it out like Kay did. Say again? Anyone? Life. Life. Salvation, peace, love, set the world free. He sacrificed himself for what? To save us. Compassion. What's Christ's mission in the world? Jesus' mission in the world? Redemption. These are big sounding words, aren't they? Salvation, redemption, compassion, we, radical love. And we need to know what that looks like if we're going to really understand this. What did Jesus really do? What's Jesus' mission in the world? Somebody else. Acceptance. Okay, good. Radical love to set us free. Forgiveness. How is this today about finding Jesus and his mission? The wise men were from a long way away. They were from a different religion, a different country. And so church, let me say to you this, that, that this day, this traditional understanding of epiphany that we have is that, that the redemption, the, the salvation, the mission of God in Jesus, the Messiah, is far beyond our anyone's racial prejudices. Right? We like people that make us comfortable because they look like us, but we know that in this time, these these burners showed up, right? And, and Jesus is, is big enough, God is big enough through Christ to welcome them. 
we knew that these men, we celebrate that these men were not just Jews. They were, ever, they were from a different religion. And, 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 and that's not saying that all religions are good. That's saying that God is big enough to speak to all people in all places, in all times, because God's salvation is for all people. Yeah? That God's salvation is, is more than, 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 than we could ever imagine. That more people are going to be at the table than we ever imagined. Right? That's the good news of Jesus is that at the family dinner, huh, at the family dinner, there's going to be more people than we ever thought were going to be there. And thanks be to God, you and I are there. Thanks be to God, you and I are there. Because I'll tell you what, I don't deserve to be here. I don't deserve to be here, but grace is more than me, and it's more than you. These wise men showed that God's purpose was for global salvation, global redemption, global mercy, and if that doesn't get your fire burning, then your wood's wet. Right? Jesus comes to us as this baby but in babies are magic aren't they i don't mean jesus is magic kids are magical because kids are full of nothing but potential right right they've got some little beauties over here they they've got nothing but potential ahead of them and that was jesus they haven't done anything or said anything they they're just nothing but pure potential into the world to change it, to not change it, to be glorious or to be small. Kids are magically potential. They have so much potential in them. And the coming of Christmas is about potential of what God's going to do to the world. Herod knew it. Wise men knew it. Do we know it? Or have we made Jesus into a charm that we just kind of rub sometimes? We say, oh, that's nice. No, thanks for grace, God. Right? potential these men knew it right jesus we see god reaching around the world that god is bigger than any god's plan is bigger than anything we could ever imagine the god's redemption is bigger than we could ever think but we need to be a part of it so let me let me uh, move on to this then finding jesus epiphany is about finding jesus and his thing in the world, his mission. As we are launching into 2020, this country, and dare I say this world, is in desperate need of finding Jesus. Would you agree to that? Yeah, right? I mean, just this past week, we look out across the face of this globe and we see Australia burning, right? Because of climate change and arid temperatures the driest year on record for them we see our country involved with iran now and what's going to happen with that we we see it just came out and we've all seen it in the newspapers and on media outlets about the united methodist church what's going to happen is it going to split is it not the world is in desperate need of somebody who sees Jesus. The world is in desperate need of leaders who need, I mean, who have, have seen Jesus 
crucified and resurrected and lead the way to God's great and glorious future. And I'm telling you, church, that's you and me. That's how important your job is in this. You have been shown Jesus crucified and resurrected. You have been said to you, come, follow me and lead in me. Be my people. Right? We, we can see that God has given to us the, 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 the vocation of taking care of the planet, right? In Genesis chapter 2, Genesis chapter 1. That speaks to Australia. In, in, for Iran, we know that war is never any good because people die, and that speaks to that. And in, in the Methodist church, we have Jesus praying in John, the, the book of John recorded, Father, that they might be one as we are one. And yet we're not. Sorry, Jesus. <laughs> Irreconcilable differences. We need people like you, filled with the Spirit of God, who stand up and lead into grace upon grace, mercy upon mercy. We need people who have seen Jesus and everything has changed for them. The world doesn't need religious people. The world doesn't need donut-eating, nice hymn-singing religious people. The world needs on-fire Jesus people who are disciples following in the way of their Christ in self-sacrificial love. That's what the world needs. Let me, let me talk to you about your hands. Hold your hands up. You see these things. God has made these. You have these things. And this thing... These things that you have, no matter what they look like, or if they're, some of them look, no matter what they look like, these are potential. You can either extend them to someone else. If you can, touch someone else's hand. I know we're Minnesotans. We don't like touching people. <laughs> right? Now, you see these hands reach out in compassion. Now bring them back here. These hands can create something beautiful like art and music and healing arts. But now I want you to close those. Do you see what that makes? I saw this this week in myself. God forgive me. That's a destroyer. And that's life, isn't it? Guys, we don't need any more of this. We need this. The potential in you, the creative beauty in you, given to you by God, given to this church by God. We have been given in finding Jesus this great and wonderful responsibility of changing things here in our lives and in, in, in the whole world. I, I, I was reading the daily lectionary this past week and a it was Psalm 72 was the, the psalm reading and it stuck out to me so much that I almost preached on this one instead of, of Epiphany. May there be abundance of grain in the land. May it wave on the tops of the mountains. May its fruit be like Lebanon. And here we go. And may the people blossom in Rochester like the grass of the field. Do we do that? Are you blossoming? 
And are we causing anyone else to blossom? That's a promise right there. That's a vocation. That's a calling. Our job is to make this place blossom. That's what finding Jesus is about. And you'll notice the wise men, they, man, they traveled until they stopped. And when they stopped, they found Jesus. And you and I need to travel until we find Jesus. But Aaron, where do we find Jesus? Well, you can find Jesus in a lot of places. To those who are in need is an easy one. Those who are in need of shelter and food and clothing and jobs. And I, remember that. You remember that story where, where Jesus—not story—that incident where Jesus was talking about the, that judgment and 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 Jesus said to, and the king says, "You didn't. You you didn't help me. You didn't give me a cup of water. You didn't give me food to eat. You didn't visit me in prison." And and they're like, "Dude, what? <laughs> Come on. We never saw you like that." And Jesus says, when you saw the least of these, you saw me. So we can find Jesus in the least of these. That's easy. There's, 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 there's bridges and underpasses where we can find home, homeless folk, right? We can find Jesus there. We can find Jesus stop by the hospice and find somebody in their last hour. We can find Jesus there. We can find somebody down at the soup kitchen, whatever you want to call it, right? That's just a, a term at, at the the shelters here in town we can find someone there we can find Jesus there and help in this room you can look around and there's people who are hurting and in need we can find Jesus there in healing the rifts we have in our society right now man this is the most divisive place on earth I guess I don't know we need Jesus people to heal this you can find Jesus there in sharing what we have with those who don't, we can find Jesus there. Being with those who are lonely, we can find Jesus there and see Jesus in them. Being kind and merciful when that guy cuts you off going to Trader Joe's. Right? You can find Jesus there if you look. <laughs> in the way you parent, in the way you grandparent, in the way you do all things. You can find Jesus there. And do we glorify God in all of this? And do we... Whoops. Ah, there we go. Do we work that all people may blossom in the cities? So church, let me end with this. And if you don't have a device to, to put it up here, that's okay. Just say it out. How can we participate in God's mission in our time and in our place? Someone says caring for others and sharing Jesus with them. That's wonderful. Feed the hungry, yes. Anyone, how can we participate in Jesus and God's mission here in our time? Helping a neighbor. Okay. Wonderful. Sharing a meal with uh, someone who's homeless or without food at the moment. Yes. Wonderful. Inviting them in, scary as that may be. Someone else. 
standing up to injustice, giving to those in need, love unconditionally, relationship like a family. Someone, how can we do this? What's that? Ooh, yes, being patient in a moment of anger. Breathe and count to ten. Learning about and accepting our differences and our cultures. Voting in an election, yeah. Doing our civic duty, right? Being on jury duty, too. Ugh. <laughs> right? Participating in your democracy. As inconvenient as that is. Say again? Visit the lonely. There's, we're more connected than ever before, but we're more isolated than ever before, aren't we? Showing empathy, offering forgiveness, changing ourselves. Learn, grow, change. Yeah. You see, we need to put this to action. We have been given, it's like being given the cure to cancer. If someone gave you the cure to cancer, would you keep it to yourself? Someone gave you the cure to the world. Why do we keep it to ourselves? You say, Jesus is the cure to all that ails us. And I, I'm not overstating that. Jesus is the cure to the ills of this world and to, to me and to you. Why, oh why, are we keeping it to ourselves? I know good Methodists generally don't share that sort of thing. But you need to. Share the love of Christ with someone in little ways and in big ways. Start new initiatives. Be bold. Be willing to fail. You know who the only people who never fail are? Those who never try. Let's try things. Let's be, let's be bold and brave. And if we fail, we fail. We'll try something else. Let's be Jesus people. Let's make God famous in Rochester. That's this church. That's what we're about. Redeemed by God. Given a place. Dance and sing, that's fun. Provide a nurturing place of love and being nice. All of these things, good. Good, good, good. Wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing today. One thing that's very effective is praying. God says, pray, I will hear, I will answer. So church, what should we pray for today? What's on our, what's on our hearts? What should we pray for? This church. this church, yeah, let's pray for this church. And let's pray for uh, brave boldness to launch out and do fantastic things. Yeah, just to add on to yours, Pete, sorry. Let's pray for this church. What else? Peace. Please, God. Compassion, kindness. Those who are able, please stand as we go to God in prayer. We'll pray for these things, and when we end, we'll pray with uh, the pray together the Lord's Prayer in unison, if you remember. Let's bow our heads.
for this for this glorious day of of celebration of the coming of Christ and the resurrection of Christ our God we give you praise we know that all glory and honor and and worship are due to you. May our lives reflect that. May we worship. May we be a, a singing, a dancing people. May we be a kind, nurturing, loving people that reflect you into the world around us. God, I pray for this congregation as a whole and individual members of it. God, you have placed us here. You have given to us a task. You have given to us a future, a future of a hope future of blessing and not a future of 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 misunderstanding and chaos and i pray lord that you would bless homestead united methodist church with a glorious future that you would show to us clearly because we're kind of dense show to us god what we need to do and where we need to go show us how to be Bless this church with boldness and bravery and compassion and self-sacrifice. May we launch out into the community around us to tear it up in Jesus' name. Help us to lead into newness of life as you have given to us. Forgive us our sin as we forgive others. Send us, Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. Let us say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For Thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Please be seated.